You're listening to The Author's Leverage, where it's all about your book and how to create a greater impact and a greater income with it. This podcast is for the author who knows there's more you can do with that book. Whether you're publishing your first one ever or you've written multiple bestsellers, the path to greatness begins by looking around and seeing that you are, at this moment, standing right in the middle of your own acre of diamonds. My friends, your book is a brand. I'm Parshel Tashi, creative entrepreneur and education design architect, and I'll be your guide diving into the minds of successful authors, renowned publishers, and industry experts to glean practical wisdom you can integrate into your book writing, launch, and marketing strategies today. You'll hear straight from the source how authors like you were able to publish their best work and build wildly profitable, successful businesses around it. Welcome aboard the Author's Leverage. All right. This is another episode of The Author's Leverage. Thank you for being here and spending some time with me today. This conversation is really going to knock your socks off because at the root of, I think, of a lot of us who are authors or experts or publishers, uh, we want to share things out there in the world. Sometimes our mindset can be a little bit challenged, especially when we consider money. And so today, uh, I'm so honored to have that direct conversation. In fact, today's topic is really uh, your money story. So I, I think that you're really going to enjoy this today. I'm joined by Dr. Deborah Fryer. She's a money mindset mentor, spiritual business coach, and creator of the Anatomy of Money, the system for holistic wealth and well-being. She helps heart-centered entrepreneurs break through subconscious mental, emotional, and financial blocks so they can create sustainable, soul-aligned, six- or seven-figure businesses with ease, speed, and confidence without working harder, feeling guilty, downplaying their success, or selling your soul. She holds a PhD in comparative literature from Princeton, and she's an award-winning filmmaker who has created content for PBS, Nova, Frontline, the Science, the National Science Foundation, and other media channels. She's also completed a post-baccalaureate pre-medical degree and has been teaching and practicing yoga and meditation for over 30 years. Her unique blend of ancient wisdom and modern science, narrative medicine, and creative visualization has helped thousands of business owners around the world change their minds, their mindsets, and their relationship to money, power, and true wealth. She's author of Best Brain Hacks, Turn on Your Tap, and the forthcoming Anatomy of Money, Your Inside Guide to True Wealth. Welcome to the Author's Leverage Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. It's a privilege to share with your community. Yes. So excited that you're here. And before we jumped on, you already shared a little bit of your background as a, a filmmaker and your experience in film and just how that connects to how you see your money story. So um, can you just share a little bit about your your story in particular and how you've gotten to where you are today? Yeah. So I have... I've had multiple careers. Uh, my first career was getting a PhD in comparative literature. And I fully thought I was going to be a university professor until about maybe a, maybe a month, two months before I was finishing my PhD. And I had attended a weekend conference on women in the media. And I didn't have any idea that was a thing. And, you know, it, because women are 
not as visible as men in any organization, in the media, in business, in money, in banking, you know, in, in movies, often even women are not playing the role of the hero. So it just wasn't in my awareness, this thing of women in the media. And so I went to this conference and at the end of it, I thought, Ooh, I want to be a woman in media, but I don't know how to do that. I'm getting a PhD in classics and comparative literature. I sit around and I read all day. I read in ancient Greek and Latin, like, what am I, how am I going to do it? So I went to one of the organizers of the conference and I said, I'm so inspired by you and I want to be a woman in media. How do I do that? And she said, well, what would it look like? When I was like, mm, I don't know, I have no idea. And she said, well, okay, so here's your assignment. You go home and for the next 48 hours, I want you to just daydream, fantasize, imagine what would it look like if you were a woman in media. And I immediately started in with my excuses. Oh, I can't do that because, you know, I'm finishing my PhD and my mother expects this and my father expects me this and my dissertation advisor expects me the other thing. Oh, and my student loan debt. And I was just on and on about the excuses. And she said, Deborah, you've built a lot of fences. And I'm suggesting that you go home and give yourself permission to dream without the fences. And it was really some of the best advice I've ever received. And I think about that advice often because it's not like I never get stuck, but I notice, oh, there's an excuse. There's a limitation that you're putting in front of you and using that as an excuse to not do the thing that you're scared to do. So long story short, I decided that I want to be, and at that time, I wanted to be a uh, film producer, like a National Geographic film producer, and I eventually became that. I didn't become a film producer for National Geographic. I became a film producer for Nova and Frontline Discovery, MSNBC. But I was still making documentary films about the environment, about climate change, and I really, really loved it. Except that as a freelance filmmaker, you make great money when you're on a project. And not even great money. You make okay money. Like at my level, it was an entry level job. Um, and there would be days where I would come home in tears because I would stand outside holding a light stand for 12 hours and I'd make $100 for the day. I was an intern. I was a very <laughs> humble intern with a PhD from Princeton holding a light stand for a Nova documentary. And I liked contributing to something bigger than me. I really care about the mission. I care about science education. And I would just feel like, oh, I can't pay my rent. And so eventually, you know, I worked myself to a level where I would do fine on a project. I'd be paycheck to paycheck on a project. And then I wouldn't have a project. And I'd be like, okay, now what am I going to do? Like, I, I don't have enough to pay groceries. I don't have enough to pay my rent. And so I was constantly scrambling. And I would feel super great when I was working on a project and I'd feel super crappy. And so as a result, you know, my emotion went like this and my emotion really tracked my income. So I thought, oh, I need to get a real medical degree, a real degree. I'm not a real doctor. So I need a real degree. I need a real paycheck. I need real respect and then I'll be fine. So I thought, okay, I should just go to medical school. So off I tried to to medical school. And in the middle of this process, I was working in the anatomy lab and I realized that nothing in the body is productive 24 seven. 
everything in the body is doing this, right? It, it inhales, exhales, it receives, it releases, it expands, it contracts. Every system in the body is moving life through it. And I hadn't been running my business like that. I'd been running my business overgiving, undercharging, overworking, overdelivering. And as a result, I was like strangling myself. And it was such a big breakthrough that I changed everything in my business model. And when I changed everything in my business model, I changed my money story. Because my money story had been, oh, I'm a starving artist. Oh, I'm making films about climate change and diversity and people who live, you know, in very poor countries. And who am I to make money? You know, like, it's not okay for me to have more money than other people. I feel guilty for having money and they're starving and I should just do all this work for free. And that was my story. I also had a story that I'm spiritual. And... I was working on documentaries about science. So I had a story that said, I can't show up as a spiritual person. They're not going to hire me. So I shoved all that spirituality under the rug. And I just showed up as Miss PhD when I was doing the interviewing. Aren't I smart? And then I'd go home and I'd shove all that aren't I smart away. And I'd be like, hmm, you know, and I would just like merge with with the universe. And I was so compartmentalized that I was never operating from a place of wholeness. And because I was not operating as my whole self, I was never receiving the whole richness and abundance that is here for every single one of us. So like that's enough the starting point for my story. You know, I had a lot of stories about I can't have it. I don't deserve it. I'm better than money. You know, I'm a spiritual person. I'm better than money. I don't need money. On the other hand, I'm a starving artist. And I, and I you know, all I can afford is dog food for my dog and I'm fine fasting. I'm fine with water. I'm fine having an apple. Like I don't really care about me. I'll just give it all to everybody else. And I had just so much head trash around money, which wasn't even about money. It was around me and my value and my power and my worth. So that's interesting. You said something really that stood out, which was your emotion was tracking your income Mm -hmm. and that is that's so powerful and you know for authors who are listening in on this uh often when i talk to them you know when they when we have our conversations there's the concern of uh sort of these blocks and things that come up around i don't know if this is uh if what i have is you know a good idea or if it's going to do really well or things like that and it just um as you as you said as well it kind of points back to you Right. And how you're seeing it. So I'm curious, what are some of the uh, ways that you have found that worked to overcome and to to deal with these these blocks? Well, so this block of our emotions tracking our income is part of our conditioning. And it's 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 part of our conditioning that is so deep it is running at the subconscious level we're not aware especially as women that we have unconsciously agreed to be worthless than men and because we have unconsciously agreed to that it's not that we haven't been fighting it but for generations women are paid less than men and Black women, women of color are paid less 
than white women who are paid less than Asian women, and all women are paid less than men. So this is an issue that affects everyone, and and it is increasingly unfair. And, and one of the things that really lit a huge fire uh, under me in terms of my business and me starting to talk about these issues was the gross injustices that I'm seeing in the United States around these issues. Because it is tremendously unfair. And if we don't start speaking up, if we don't start using our stories in service of sustainability, number one for the planet that is supporting all of us, we are are seeing, you know, tremendous injustice to the planet. And if we're going to rape and pillage the planet, then none of us has anywhere to live. And so what does this have to do with your individual money story? Well, your individual money story is how you've been conditioned to think about money and power. It's how you've been conditioned to think about the value that you contribute. And if you're not aware of these are the subconscious stories that I'm carrying, they might be your personal stories, they might be your ancestral stories, they might be the collective stories of your culture, they might be the the ancestral stories that you're walking into the world without even realizing it. And it's really such a deep topic. You know, it's so much bigger than money because Absolutely. money is energy. Money is, is, is energy. It's an exchange of value. That's huge. And, and for those of us who are entrepreneurs, I mean, we've set out on this path to create that for ourselves and to, um, and to generate that. And, uh, it's 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 so unique, kind of like what you're saying. This experience in terms of these things from our past and our conditioning that that come up, and so uh, when they do come up, and we're able to see the patterns or we're able to observe these mm-hmm. thoughts, um, what do you usually recommend that someone does differently in order to, or 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 thinks, or you know, what what is the shift that's necessary in order mm-hmm. to sort of turn that around? You know, it's really a flip. I call it a quantum leap in our thinking. Einstein says we're never going to solve a problem at the same level of consciousness that created the problem. Mm. And we've been conditioned to think of ourselves as disempowered. So to get back to my emotion was tracking my income. I was letting my income dictate if I felt good about myself or not. And if you're letting your income dictate how you feel about yourself, you're letting something control you that you're not in control of. If I mean, at the time, if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, you are in control of your income. And in that case, your emotion, how good you feel about you, how empowered you feel, how enthusiastic you feel, how inspired you feel, how joyful you feel, how in service you feel, all of these things will directly influence your income. So your income is a result of what you're contributing. And what I was missing in my money belief, in my money story, and what many, many people that I work with are missing in their money story is that we believe, oh, when I make the money, then I'll feel confident. When I make the money, then I'll feel proud of myself. When I make the money, I'll know I'm valuable. 
when I make the money, I'll have proved that I'm worthy. I have something valuable to contribute to the conversation. And what you're subconsciously telling yourself is, I don't have anything to contribute now. And I'll know that I'm valuable when I get paid for it. And that is, it could not be more untrue. The value that you have in you as a writer, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller is not going to go anywhere if you make money and it's not going to go anywhere if you don't make money. It is intrinsic to who you are and it is your God-given right, goddess-given right. You came here with this message to deliver your story and no one can deliver it for you. It, it's it's in you. It's like you you are the gift. It's like, you know, you, you've got a gift and you're walking around with a gift and you're saying, isn't this an amazing present? Look at the wrapping paper and look at the bow and isn't it great, but I'm not going to open it. And meanwhile, you're like, I wish I had X, Y, Z. It's in the box. You got to unwrap it. You got, you got to untie the bow. You got to rip the paper off. You got to rip the box open and take the stuff out because what's inside of you, that is your gift that you are here to share with the world. And you are the only person who can rip open the wrapping paper, rip open the band-aid, rip off the band-aid that says, you can't write that. You can't say that. You can't be an authority. And we've been given so many messages as women that say, you can't be that big. You can't have that authority. You can't make that much money. You can't disrupt the patriarchy. Who do you think you are? And, you know, who do you think you are? Who are you? Why are you here? You know, I know that we're here to have a disruptive conversation together, right? We are the gift. And the more we open ourselves up to what's already inside of us, you know, there's so much that can come from that. So much that is already there. Yeah. And, you know, the fear that, oh, I'm not going to make any money from my book. Well, you're definitely not going to make any money from your book if you don't write the damn book. Right. And if you and if you write the book, you know, are you giving people an opportunity to participate in the book with you? You know, is it online? I wrote three books and I just gave them away for free. And it's how I I created a multiple six figure business. I just wrote what I needed to say. I wrote what was on my heart. I was never paid for those books directly, but I wasn't concerned about paying for those books directly. I just wanted to give. I just wanted to give. I just wanted to give. And the people who received it said, Oh my gosh, thank you. This is so helpful. What else do you have? Like, can I work with you personally? Can I be in a group with you? Like, how do I do this at the next level? And those of us who love reading, I'm a reader, you're a reader, all the people listening, you know, are, are writers because they love reading, right? So I'm talking to you, all of you listening, you love reading books. And at the same time, you know that when you read a book, you enter a world you've never been in before, and it feels true. You read a book and you can't put it down. You can't turn off the light and go to sleep, even though you know you should. You're crying because of some made up thing that feels true for you. You can use this to change your money story. When you're reading a fiction book and you're crying, you made that up. There's no real person except in your mind. And you're so emotionally involved with you know, the heroine of the story or the hero of the story or the, the animal or, or the condition that you are emotional about it, use that because your mind cannot tell the difference between what's real and what's imagined. 
So instead of you walking around saying, nobody's going to buy my book, nobody's going to want to hear my message, write the role for yourself in the book that you're the best-selling author. Write the role for yourself that you're the next, I don't know, you fill in the blank, the next Jen Sincero or the next Elizabeth Gilbert or the next Dr. Joe Dispenza or whoever you like to read. You know, I mean, I'm just giving you some mindset people in case you want to read three books about mindset. Because when we read information, information is not very helpful in building a business. It only gets you so far. The transformation happens when there's an emotional engagement. And so I, I encourage you to use your writing. If you're a writer and you're feeling really blocked around your money story, write a different narrative for yourself. Write a narrative in which you are the hero of the story. And if you're going to be the hero of your story, any good story needs conflict. It needs drama. It needs some adversarial challenge for you to bump up against so that you can discover new skills, new strength, new resourcefulness, new magical superpowers so that you can outwit the obstacle. Write a new role for yourself. That's huge. I love that. Write write a story for yourself. Rewrite it. And uh, the other thing that that you said as well is how the emotional engagement in the work is what brings about the transformation. Um, I've never quite heard it said said that way, but it is it is absolutely true. And I'm curious, how does visualization play into rewriting this story? So it has everything to do with the emotional engagement. Here's the thing. We operate on multiple levels. Our brains operate on multiple levels. So what your conscious mind sees when it's looking forward, it's actually looking backwards. Because your conscious mind sees things that are familiar to it. And the reason it's familiar is it's because it's referencing what it knows in the past. Mm -hmm. It's looking into the memory banks, into the filing cabinet of the past, and it's saying, have I ever seen this thing before? Have I ever eaten this food before? Have I ever read this word before? Have I ever heard these words spoken before? And it becomes automatic. It's such an instantaneous process. We don't realize we're doing it. But the only way that you and I can be communicating so fluently is because we both have a very robust memory bank of how to speak English, right? So I'm unconsciously pulling words, pulling sentences, pulling metaphors out of my memory bank, out of what I know. And I'm presenting them. And and because they land for you, we're able to communicate. Your subconscious has access to everything. Your subconscious has access to more than Google. Your subconscious is the all that is. It is everything that could ever be in the planet. It's all that is. It's beyond the planet. It's the universe. It is consciousness itself. Your conscious mind filters and it says, this is good. That's not. This is helpful. That's not. This is nice. That's not. And it is so good at compartmentalizing based on rules that you learned when you came in. And you learned them, you know, vibrationally, 
ancestrally. You learned them in your family, in the church, in the synagogue. You learned them at school. You learned them in your culture. And so for you to break those rules, your nervous system is going to go, no, 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 you can't do that. That's not safe for you. It's not safe for you to make that much money. You can't make that much money that easily when your grandparents didn't make any money at all. You can't make that much money when, you know, your father is working 16 hours a day and he comes home so tired. He died of a heart attack at age 40 because he was working so hard. Who are you to be making so much money without working very hard? You know, these vows of loyalty to people that we love are running in our nervous system. And if you grew up in certain conditions, we all grew up in certain conditions, you think, I better do that to be loved. And it's even so finely calibrated in your nervous system that you have something called a financial thermostat in your nervous system where you unconsciously think it's safe and good and lovable for you to earn less than your parents. Wow. I see this all the time with my clients. I once had a client uh, who was a multi- who's a multimillionaire and has a foundation. And this client grew up in a situation where she remembered sitting at the kitchen table, incredibly stressed out as a little girl when her parents were trying to pay the bills and they didn't have enough to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And she remembers the stress and the shame and the tears. Mm -hmm. And she made a vow. I'm never going to never going to upstage my parents. I'm going to earn at the level that they did. I'm going to live in scarcity because they did. And it was totally unconscious. Mm. She had no idea until we uncovered this, that she was earning. She was taking for herself the same amount of money that her parents were living on as a family. And she's now like a multi-million dollar business owner with a foundation. She gives everything away. Incredibly generous. There is plenty of money flowing through her life. But she's not taking any. Why? Because subconsciously, she didn't believe she deserved to take any. Because she grew up not having any. So she, you know, her financial thermostat was set super, super low. And when we reset it, and then she's able to receive more. So in her case, it wasn't an issue of not making money, of not having money. It was a receiving issue. And I see this for a lot of clients that they make a lot of money that goes out faster than they make it. Why? It's a receiving issue. They're actually afraid to have the money in their possession. Wow. There are other people I've worked with who are afraid if I have the money, somebody's going to take it from me. And they might have some memory that pops up like, when I was a little girl, I used to babysit. And we never had enough money. My mom and dad fought all the time about money. And so I did what I could to help. So I started babysitting. And I made some babysitting money. And my mom took my babysitting money to pay groceries. Hmm. She took money from me. And, you know, I'm a little kid and I'm like, you took my money. I worked so hard for my money. You took my money. And, you know, now as a grown up, I understand that we needed that to feed a family of four. But as a little girl, the story I made up about it was I don't want to make money because if I make money, somebody's just going to take it from me. 
Mm-hmm. And we need to clear that so that we can love mom who did the best to support us. We can love our little girl who felt so hurt. Nobody acknowledged. I took that from you and I didn't ask your permission, right? I felt so violated. I don't want to make money. Somebody's going to violate me. They're going to steal from me, right? And, and we don't even realize these things until we get into the subconscious terrain. And so how does visualization help? Because the minute we think about money, we start to have these ancient memories. An ancient memory, it shows up as visual, right? I can see myself as a little girl who babysit. That's actually not a true story about me. Um, but, you know, from people that I've worked with, these are, these are very common money beliefs. So you see yourself in the movie. You see yourself as the little girl who's so angry that mom took babysitting money from me. Mm -hmm. or you know you see yourself as somebody who worked really really hard and never got paid for it and then you're like well screw it I'm not going to work hard if you're not going to pay me so when we see ourselves when we put ourselves in the movie see ourselves speaking on stage you know reading a chapter from the book we get a standing ovation everybody loves the book they rush to the table where I'm signing the books and all the books sell out you know see yourself in the movie because your brain cannot tell the difference between it really happening and you visualizing it happening. This is why I said a moment ago, when we're reading books or watching movies and we start to cry, nothing's happening. It's just me sitting on the couch with, you know, some ink on some paper. Like what happened? I made up a story in my mind that then triggered a whole bunch of emotions and now I feel something. And that's how visualization works. It actually tricks your brain into thinking it's really happening. And Abe, I think it was, no, Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So visualizing yourself doing the thing, succeeding, seeing yourself overcoming obstacles, seeing yourself in the challenge and, and being resourceful and overcoming the obstacle and, and, getting to the other end of, of, of the road or, you know, skiing a black diamond ski run or, you know, doing whatever scares you and you see yourself doing the thing to completion will help retrain your nervous system that it's safe for you to feel fear. It's safe for you to feel, I don't know if I'm going to succeed or not. I don't know if they're going to like it or not. And then I'm surprised I get a standing ovation. I'm so thrilled. I'm so grateful. Thank you all for being here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. I so appreciate you. We'll meet in the back and sign books. Just like see yourself saying that. Feel what that feels like. I love that. I'm going to start uh, incorporating that with some of our clients because it really is fun to do. And uh, bringing more people together, I think, compounds that effect as well. Uh, Just more people being in agreement and in support of that is is really, really powerful. All right, it's time for a short break. Let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. Are you an author and ready to leverage your book? Maybe you have a great idea for a course or program, but you need help fleshing it out with someone and making sense of what you have. If that's you, I want to invite you to schedule a free half-hour strategy session with me. We'll take a look at your content together, talk about your goals, and I'll provide my professional and honest recommendations. No salesy stuff or surprises. So to schedule a call, visit theauthorsleverage.com forward slash course strategy. All right, now back to the show. 
and, you know, and I love this topic as well because of, you know, it, essentially what I've learned in my own experience is that what I'm charging and how money is is flowing um, is is really directly tied also to my own self worth and how uh, the work that's necessary around that and more awareness just around self worth and how just how those two are connected. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's really really powerful, which I'm uh, I feel you know ties in in also with the emotion, right? So, uh, could you talk a little bit about? how, and, and the reason I, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit here, because I'm thinking about some of my clients that I spoke to recently that are, you know, they've been used to doing business a certain way. And now that they're delving into an online course that they're going to have up and, and going, um, they're concerned about, uh, now I have to be on social media, <laughs> you know, I have to be this person. And, you know, is that is that a block, you know, as well, when it comes to uh, wanting to be more visible online or, you know, is it, uh, is it a, uh, more of a legit concern? Cause it, you know, online is online too. Like, how do you, uh, how do you help someone navigate that, uh, when their work ahead of them is calling f- for, uh, I have to be out there more. I have to, you know, do these things in order for, you know, my business to function or maybe not like, what are your thoughts? This is a very common point of resistance that all online entrepreneurs face. And it's very close to home because I've already shared with you how much I love reading. And my background as a documentary filmmaker meant that I had the privilege of hiding behind the camera. I had the privilege of never having to be in the light. I got to hide behind the camera. And as the editor and writer, I got to hide in my cave, in the edit room. And it got to never be about me. And I know that I chose that. And I know that writers choose this and filmmakers and photographers choose this because there's something in our conditioning where we're afraid to be in the spotlight. We love telling stories. We love documenting. And we're telling ourselves the story of, I'm afraid to be visible. So yes, it is a story. Yes, it is a mindset thing. And it's something that you can train yourself to not be afraid of. The fear is learned. What is natural is for you to be visible. Birds aren't afraid. They, they sometimes fly in the open and they sometimes, you know, hang out in the canopy. And, you know, we're, we're looking at this ancient fear of, I'm going to be attacked, right? From a, from a predatory primal nature, we're afraid if I'm visible, I'm going to be attacked. Somebody's going to kill me. Somebody's going to jump on me and eat me alive and I'm going to be dead, right? That's, uh, that's what we're afraid of. And honestly, that is mostly not an issue these days What you're afraid of is your ego is afraid to die. Your ego is afraid of you being judged. Your ego is afraid of you being humiliated. Your ego is afraid somebody's not going to like what you said. They're not going to like the way you said it. They're not going to like that you all of a sudden are an authority. And most of the people who criticize you are people who are not doing the thing that you're doing. And they're jealous of you doing the thing that you're doing. And you don't control what they think of you anyway. So you can let go of worrying about what people are going to think about you. The mindset 
uh, furthermore, of I'm worried about what people are going to think about me. Well, did you ever think that they're going to say, oh my God, she is the most amazing writer. Oh my God, you should have heard her speak. She was so passionate. She's so eloquent. The way she puts words together, brilliant. Did you ever think that? Or did you think, oh, she sucks. She's stupid. She's an idiot. She's a moron. She should not be on stage. And most people think the former, they think the former, right? They think not the former, they think the latter. They think, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Nobody wants to hear from me. Who do I think I am? I'm going to be the laughingstock and we don't even start. So there's a mindset issue. If you're even saying, what are people going to think? Well, who cares? They're going to think what they think. You don't control it. Yeah, like you're off the hook. Stop putting your energy into trying to control them and put your energy into writing your book or creating your course. Okay, so now we have the issue of, well, I don't want to be visible. Okay, well, how is anybody going to know how awesome you are if they can't see your face, if they can't hear your voice, if they can't feel your energy? I mean, we humans are energetic creatures and we respond to each other's energy. People are going to know in an instant. Mm -hmm. I love her vibe. I want to take her class. Or they're going to know in an instant she's annoying. I don't want to work with her. That is gold for you because the more you're very identifiable as you, the easier it is for you to attract your clients. Your clients are looking for you. And if they can't see you, they can't find you. If they can't feel your passion, they can't connect with you. So you're being visible is the signpost your clients are looking for. If they're looking for someone and they can't find you, they're going to keep looking until they find somebody who can help them. So, you know, you're being invisible is costing you a fortune. And if you really believe that you have a mission, a message, a method that is going to help people, all those people aren't going to get helped by your wisdom if you don't share it. So you're going to have to get out of your own way. And here's the part that people really cringe about. You're going to have to stop making it be all about you. (laughs) Because when people say, well, what are they going to think about me? Like, are you here to like, What's a nice way of of putting this? Are are you here so that people say, oh my gosh, look how great she is. Like, is that, is that why you're here on earth? Or are you actually here to make a difference in people's lives? Are you actually here to help people? Are you actually here to be a change agent and a visionary? Because if you are, do that and stop making it be all about you. What are they going to think about me? What kind of review are they going to write? Like, it's not about you. So, and you know, some people hear that and they just get really mad and that's okay. They need to hear that. I needed to hear that because <laughs> you know, when I started my business, I was in the same place of like, what are you thinking about me? And you know, one of my coaches, I'm sure opened my eyes and said, what, is it all about you? And I'm like, oh God, thank you. Thank it you really for like, really you know, like helping <laughs> me wake up to the, to my fear of it's all about me. I'm afraid I'm going to die. I'm not going to die. It's good to know that there's, you know, folks like yourself who are paving the way and making it, 
and, and helping others to see the light, really, and to see a different path for themselves and the empowerment to change their own story. Can you talk a little bit uh, as we start to wrap up here, like, what's 2022 look like for you? I mean, I probably by the time uh, others hear this, it will be 2022. We're like right before Christmas here in 2021 recording. But um, yeah, uh, talk about a little bit how you're working with clients in the next year and, you know, where folks can find you to connect with you. So 2022, I'm going to just make a bold declaration right here. 2022 is the year that I will complete the Anatomy of Money book. I've been wanting to write this book. I've been writing bits and pieces of this book. I talk about it every day. And it is the year the book will be available for people to buy. So I'm going to stop hoarding my wisdom, stop, stop, you know, being so selfish with what I know and, 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 and push back my, push through my own blocks of, I'm afraid, uh, to put this message out into the world. It will be available in 2022. I work with clients both privately and in groups. I have a super awesome 12 month container for people who are clearing their money blocks really fast. It's called the anatomy of money quantum leap. And it's a super fun, awesome, beautiful container for people who are creating six and seven figure businesses without selling your soul by really speaking your truth and clearing any resistance to showing up exactly as you are. And it not only results in people doubling, tripling, even quadrupling their income, it heals relationships with others, with yourself, with your body, with your parents, with your children. It has resulted in many people buying and selling new homes. It, it just is crazy what happens when we stop resisting ourselves. And so it's like Rumi says, your job is not to seek for love, but to seek those places within you that are resistant to love. And our money story is, is places that we're resistant to our power. It's places that we're resistant to our value and that we're resistant to our worth. So it's a beautiful container that uh, is just changing lives and it changes the lives of the people in the program and all of the people they engage with, their clients, their communities, the books they write, the healing modalities they offer. So I really love it. Um, and we'll be opening that for enrollment in the beginning of January. And I also work with private clients. And as of right now, I have five spots for the entire year of 2022 for people who want to work with me privately. That's awesome. That's awesome. And the links to everything is going to be in the show notes. So if you're listening, be sure to check that out and connect with Deborah. She has some amazing, as you've heard today, some amazing wisdom and tools that are so transformative. Again, if you're an author and you deal with these money blocks around your work and around the future of your work, this is such an amazing resource. So I highly, highly recommend it. So Deborah, as we start to wrap up, I would love for you to uh, share you know, when you hear the word or the term, the phrase, the author's leverage, what comes to mind and what does that translate to you um, as a phrase, as a statement? And then, yeah, any last parting words to, to the listeners? A couple of things come to mind. So in terms of the word author, the word author comes from the Greek word aftos, which means self. And when you're an author, you are the authority. Many people freak out about the word authority. 
Don't run screaming from your own authority. Lean into it. Be embraced by it. Walk as it. Because you have a story that only you can tell. You have information and wisdom and experience that's coming out yourselves that that you have to birth into the world. And you are the author of your life. You are the author of your money story. You're the author of your business. You're, You're the author of your reality. So write it in a way that pleases you. In terms of the author's leverage, books are incredible leverage, incredible leverage, because you put one book out there, it can be read by millions of people. And if you're anything like me, you read a book and you love it so much. You don't put it on the shelf. You put it by your nightstand and you want to start reading it again. You write in your books. You love your books. You surround yourself with books. And we love books. It's a super easy way for you to communicate and give information in a way that people love. If you love reading, I love reading, write books because you're creating pleasure for people. And it's a super low bar. If you write a book, you can put your book out there in so many different ways. You can put your book out there as a free ebook and use that as a list build, as a lead generation um, gift. You can, you know, talk about a chapter of your book every time you're on a podcast. You can use your books on podcasts to promote people working with you. You can use your books to get yourself on stage and, and become a sought after speaker on stage. You can just write because it's really fun to write and you can just be t- like totally invisible and just, you know, create awesome content and put it out into the world. There are so many ways that books can work for you if you just let yourself write the damn book. So I love the name of this, Author's Leverage. And and I, and I so love the work that you're doing in the world, helping authors get their messages out. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Author's Leverage. You can subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, do me a favor. If you found this helpful... Leave us a review and share this episode with someone it could help along their journey. To check out more resources, visit theauthorsleverage.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time.